This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. Today on the podcast, we are discussing John the Baptist. Last week we left off, we were talking about John's ministry in the wilderness. Uh, We talked about what he wore and the significance of what he ate and wore. And today we are talking about the baptism of John, specifically when Jesus got baptized. Mm -hmm. Why did Jesus get baptized? Pastor, I hope you have all the answers because this is a question that I have wondered about a long time. Well, I don't know if I have all the answers. We'll figure them out together (laughs) uh, and we'll dialogue, which is a very Hebraic thing to do, by the way. Mm. A Hebraic model of learning is never lecture student all the time. It's more of a called a Havarim community okay. of friends, and you you study in a Havarim is what it's called. Asking so, questions and challenging yeah. each other. I like that. Yeah, a good rabbi never gave the answers. He always answered a question. With a question, question. yes. With, with a question? question? <laughs> with a question, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're gonna lot to cover today. We're gonna, we're gonna hopefully end and land the plane on why Jesus was baptized, which Ooh. is a question a lot of people don't think about. But in order to understand the baptism of Jesus, we have to go back to the baptism of John the Baptist and how John's baptism was similar to one sect of people, one group of people. Okay, so you have two different types of baptism there in the first century. Okay, Okay. you have the baptism of the Pharisees and you have the baptism of the Essenes. Okay. Now, we talked uh, a little bit about John's connection to the Essenes, and we, in fact, did a whole podcast about mm-hmm. this, and I'll just remind you just what we said. There were some connections between John the Baptist and the Essenes. So for those who don't remember, the Essenes were a group of priests who got tired of the corruption of Jerusalem and the priesthood and the Sadducees, moved to the desert, sweltering heat every day, sandstorms, no water supply, um, in the middle of the desert. And they did this because they took literally Isaiah 40, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his path in the wilderness. Okay, so they, they figured if they did that physically, the glory of God would come. And you said last on the last episode that John was neighbors almost, like lived yeah. in the same vicinity. Yeah, but in fact, where John is preaching mm-hmm. uh, in in that region by the Jordan mm-hmm. is 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 a, the next uh, area or the province next to that where the Essenes were. So we know he was close by. But a couple of similarities between John and the Essenes, which are important to note. Number one, John was a priest. Mm. So John and the Essenes had that connection. John was a priest. They were from the priesthood. Uh, Number two, uh, John was adopted. Okay, have you ever thought about that? John being adopted. Yeah, well, we don't know if he was adopted, but we do know he lost his parents at an early age. Now, this Mm -hmm. is an interesting one people don't think about. What one of the hallmarks of the Essenes was hospitality. Mm. They, and one of the hallmarks of the Jewish nation and the people was hospitality. The Essenes were known for adoption. They would take children without parents and they would adopt them in. Now, how do I, how can I even say John possibly could have been adopted by the Essene community? Well, his parents had him at an 
at a late age in life, mm -hmm. very late in life, which is why it was comical that you, you mean we're going to have a child at this age. So there's good reason to believe by the time John was 10 or 12 or, or nine, he lost both his parents. Possibly, we don't know for sure, speculation, but uh, that's another uh, way to make a connection. N number three, they were in the desert. John was preaching in the wilderness, the desert. The Essenes were in the desert. And then we're going to land the plane here. The, the, the fourth hallmark of the Essenes and John is the fact that they had the same baptism. Mm. Okay? They had the same baptism. The Pharisaical baptism or the baptism of the Pharisees was more of a ritual baptism. Okay? So the way the Pharisees, and, and again, our roots of baptizing by immersion mm -hmm. or baptizing underwater, we can trace it back to the, the, the Jewish community. The Pharisaical or the Pharisee baptism was a baptism for ritual purification, okay? And, and, and listen, I even do this myself. I don't go in the water and go in the pool and you know do this, but I think about this when I'm confessing sin to the Lord. It's a great little paradigm to follow, okay? So when they went into what's called mikvahs, Okay? If you don't know what a mikvah is, you can look it up online. Colin and I had the privilege uh, a couple years ago to go to Israel and to go outside of the Temple Mount and see many different mikvahs outside of the temple for the hundreds, thousands, millions of people that would come for festivals. And they would go down into these mikvahs, which are basically like pools, right? Yeah. With stairs. Mm -hmm. And then you go into this water and then you come out. Now, the purpose of going into the mikvah for purification ritually was you went in and you cleansed four areas of your life, okay? Uh, do you know what they are? The four areas of your life. I would say Let's your see. hands. The hands, yes, as I'm talking with my hands right in front of me. Now, what, what is the symbolism of cleansing the hands? Maybe what you do? Yep, your profession. Okay. So did you do anything since the last time of confession where you mishandled finances or mm. took advantage of someone or hurt mm. someone with your hands or operated in business in a shady manner? We'll confess it. Mm. Okay. Hands are the things you do. What's I'm, the second one? I'm going to guess feet. Ooh, feet. We're two for two already. Okay. Feet would be what? <laughs> Places you go. Places you go. Did you go to some place that was inappropriate? Mm. Uh, did you lead others in a place or, or, or on a path that was inappropriate? You see how easy it is. Once you start mm -hmm. thinking in, para, I mean, in, in uh, categories, you start thinking, wow, it opens up confession. Uh, number three. Oh, boy. I'm going to say your mouth. Mouth, that part of it. Mouth is part of the head. Oh, the, the whole head. The whole head. Okay. Yeah, the Jewish people knew the mouth was okay. just one part the whole head. of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part of the sum, yeah. Uh, basically, the head. So, yes, what you speak and what you say, but more what you think. Mm. Because, see, if you, and, and it really makes sense today, because you would say, well, I didn't speak something, but I typed it on my phone. Mm. Or I sent it on a computer. Or I thought it. Or Yeah, but you could trace it back to the thoughts. Mm. It all starts with the thoughts. So the thoughts would be the things you saw or listened to, you know, the music or the movies or, or the images that were inappropriate. And then the final one. I mean, we've got all the extremities. We hands. We got feet. feet we got head. head. I mean, the rest of your body. Close. Oh. The heart. Oh, the, <laughs> the, the heart. <laughs> yes. Got to go with the heart. Now, some would say, because we've taught the heart and the mind the heart for the Jewish nation is the mind for the uh, Western uh, Roman Greek nation. So you, 
But in this case, there's a separation. The heart would be your affection. Mm. The heart would be the um, the deep seat of emotion in mm-hmm. your life, okay? So anything you're attracted to, anything you idolize, anything you love more than God, mm. okay? So they would go in there, but they're not doing it like we would today in confession to a to an already forgiven position by Christ at the moment of our salvation. We're not, they're doing it more to earn back or to be in right standing with God uh, as a way to um, cleanse themselves, okay? Cleanse themselves to be back in right relationship with God. So it was an act they did. They would, they would cleanse themselves. John's baptism was not that, okay? John's baptism, baptism was very different. Uh, his baptism was called Tavila Teshuva in the Hebrew. Tavila Teshuva, Teshuva. Mm. Now, you know what the word teshuva means because you've heard this before. Do you know what that means, teshuva? Uh, I have no idea. Repentance. Teshuva. Yeah. <laughs> repentance. Yes. It is a baptism of repentance. Now, okay. the text says that, so we're going to read it right now. Uh, but we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to see how John's baptism is different than the Pharisees and even, Colin, different than the word repentance as many of us think of the word even today. Mm -hmm. So let's read uh, Matthew 3, verse 7 and following. Again, I'll stop you shortly. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Okay, let's stop there because that's just so much there. Whoa. We just started. John's coming in strong. Yes, yes. Uh, What is, yeah, brood of vipers. Okay. What is a brood of vipers? I, I would, snakes. It's snakes. But a lot of them brood, uh, is yeah. that what you call a, yeah. a, a gaggle of snakes? A, ne- I don't know. A, ne- a nest full of snakes. A gang. A gang of snakes, yeah. This is a, a thug gang of vipers right here. I mean, Whoa. Just, yeah. So um, what he's saying is, who told you to come here? Like, why, uh-huh. why are you guys here? Ooh. And what he's getting at is, the motivation of their heart. What, what is the real reason you're here? Are you here because you're wanting to seek God for the right reasons, or are you scared of, scared of eternal destiny? Mm. That's what he's asking. Now, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break, because I wanna leave this cliffhanger. And when we get back, what we're gonna talk about is how baptism today that we baptize people with, and I don't, Don't send emails and don't get all bent out of shape because you're going to hear this and say, well, why in the world do we hold a hand up and one on the back and in the name of the Father, Son, and we dunk them, you know, and immerse them and pull them up. We're going to learn how the baptism of Jesus and the apostles, I think, was a self-baptism. In fact, I don't think John administrated or even contacted the people as they're being baptized. We'll talk about that when we get back from the break. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the collective 
will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders, and you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com, replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. And we're back. Thanks for staying with us. I cannot wait to hear this next part, Pastor, as we've talked about how John's baptism might be different even than how we baptize today. Now, as Baptists, we take at Long Hollow, we're Baptist, we cooperate with the Southern Baptist Convention, and we take great pride in mm. being Baptist, including the mode of baptism. It's mm. it's it's in our church's name. And yeah. so for you to even suggest yes. that John the Baptist might have baptized differently. I am already uh, uneasy. I'm a, un, uneasy. Yes. Did, John didn't wear the white gown in the, no, in the. He probably didn't wear a gown. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and and he didn't have waiters. I'm going to go there too. <laughs> he probably didn't have the waiters. Oh man. Did he get in the water? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's in the water. But let's okay. let's pick up verse okay. eleven. Okay. We're going to okay. pick up verse eleven. Very nervous. And, yeah, John's going to tell us what he's doing here. Okay. Okay. Uh, verse eleven. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. Okay, two things about this, and we're going to move on. Okay, pretty pretty intense here. Yes. Okay, remember, when we read the New Testament, and mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot when I'm preaching to um, my church, Long Hollow, I tell them, when you're reading the Gospels and the narratives of Scripture, you're not only reading with your mind, you're, you're reading with your eyes. You're, you're thinking in pictures, and you're thinking and making these connections. Mm -hmm. So right away, Colin, these should be pretty easy. Right away, John says, I'm going to baptize you with water. Mm -hmm. And water in the Old Testament should bring some images to mind. Some images of water should come to mind. Some encounters of water should come to mind. Okay, What comes to mind first? All the way back in Genesis, early on. I was going to say the Red Sea, but that's Go after. back further. Yep, further. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. We'll okay. come back to that one. Go back even further. I mean, is this when God separated the dry land from the waters? Okay, too far. Okay. <laughs> that's good, but that's Somewhere good, Somewhere in between. Uh, I'm thinking of, the, thinking of the 7, 8, 9 section of Scripture. Okay, you may have Genesis to help me 7, out. Genesis 7, 8, 9. Noah. Noah. Okay. okay. I was not going to Noah. Okay. So Noah, God sends the, the flood destroys the earth, okay? Mm -hmm. It's judgment. Then we go further into the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. They cross the Red Sea. The The nation makes it, and the enemies what? They drown. They perish. Yep. So we start to see this connection between judgment, destruction, death. Then we also know the word fire. Mm -hmm. So he says, he's coming to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, okay? Now, where do we know, just connections to the Old Testament, where do we see fire raining down from heaven? I mean, judgment with Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, bingo. See, he, he's 50-50 right now, Robert. So 
50-50 today. Okay, so we see Sodom and Gomorrah with the judgment of God. And so John's painting this picture mm. with his very vivid language that they start to know, wait, we know water, okay? Mm -hmm. We know what that means. And we know the connection between fire. And so what he's saying is this, that when the Messiah comes, he's gonna separate the wheat and the chaff, the good and the bad, and mm -hmm. he's gonna do that. Now, we get into the baptism, okay? What I want you to understand, and I said this years ago at Long Hollow and got lots of emails and lots of comments by people who didn't agree with me until, until, I took two trips to Israel. And then at least those people. At least those 150 <laughs> over two trips had my back because they saw it with their own eyes, okay, up to that point. And you were one of them. I have to say, Colin was on the skeptic fence. Oh, yeah. Very skeptical. Which is where I live most of the time. Most of the time, which is good for me because you're always pulling me back. But uh, we get to Israel, mm -hmm. and what we saw were these baptistries all over. And I appropriately posed the question to the Jewish um, guide. tour guide yeah. who had, you know, he's the best of the best, been there forever. And the question was, did Jesus baptize himself? Did the apostles baptize themselves? And he said, he, of course. He, he, yeah, he almost acted like, what? That, that, that's a dumb question. Yeah, he's like, of course, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well... <laughs> Can I use your email address? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I remember he he acted like, and now the the guide was Jewish. Yes, uh, and so he acted like, yes, this is a no brainer. Why are you even asking me that? But it was very clear for him having a Jewish heritage and knowing how they baptized. Yeah, and wouldn't you agree? He's there seeing it with yeah. his own eyes. You know, he sees what's there. The mikvahs. Yeah, he sees the mikvahs, and he knows. You got to understand, people always think, well, you know, particularly, let's take it this way. Southern Baptists have a corner on baptism, and thank God in the 16th century, we started baptizing by immersion. You know, we created this. No, no. This goes all the way back to the Old Testament days before Christ when they were already ritually baptizing themselves. And so baptism, actually, the idea, was morphed into our Christian form of baptism. Now, one of the things I've always said is, if the translators of the Bible would have just used this Greek word, or, or translated the Greek word uh, baptizo, mm -hmm. which is baptism, it's more of a transliteration, ba yeah. baptism. If they would have translated the word instead of transliterated the word, we would not be in this problem with a lot of different religions who would opt for sprinkling. So the mode of baptism would be very plain. I think it would be less um, uh, debated. How should they have translated the word? Okay, if they would, and, and they could have. You can just search the word, baptizo, B-A-P-T-I-Z-O. Uh, you could search the Greek word. If they would have translated the word immerse, immersed, or John, it doesn't really sound the best, but just follow me, John the Immerser. <laughs> John the Immerser, right? Now, a lot or, of times, yeah, go ahead. No. I was going to say, a lot of times when you preach this, you call him John the Dunker. John the Dunker is a, a modern trailer. Probably wouldn't work back then. But that's my basketball connection. Well, that, now, when you say, you say John the Dunker. Yeah, I, well, I used to say John the Dunker. I try to say John the Dunker. Now, I worked on that Dunker. That New Orleans accent. Yeah, the New Orleans accent is thick. But the point is, John actually... Um, 
immersed underwater. And that mm. gives a whole vivid picture, a different picture. It's under the water, uh, it's below the surface, and it's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which we know baptism is, okay? So what happens is this. Jesus goes to John, and he says in just a moment, John, I need you to baptize me. We're gonna answer that question succinctly, and uh, we're gonna do it for just a moment. We may have to do that on the next episode Ooh, so because we're out, we're of, out of time today. Wow. But I just wanna, I wanna come back to John the Dunker okay. and clarify uh, because I think we're losing all of our non-Baptist yeah, uh, right, audience right, 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 right now. Good call. You're basically saying that um, perhaps if the translators had translated John the Baptist to John the Dunker, yes. we would be Long Hollow Dunker Church. <laughs> Is that what you're May, saying? That just doesn't have a ring to it. It doesn't yeah, have yeah, the same yeah. ring to now, it. Now, I will say this. Baptism is way more than just the mode. So, yeah. yeah so That's whether true. you're Presbyterian or Episcopal or But there's Lutheran, a lot of... There's, there's more a, to it than that. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But we believe, you know, at the, at the uh, and, denomination we're a part of, it's by immersion. And this is where that comes from. That's where it comes from. That's really helpful yep. to know. Well, we could do a whole series on baptism, and maybe we will one day. But next week on the podcast, we will talk about why in the world did Jesus get baptized? If if baptism represented repentance and turning from sin, then why did Jesus need to be baptized? Why was he baptized? I cannot wait for that. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, then do us a favor. Leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to. Share it with your friends. We trust that it is adding benefit to your life and ministry and hope to do the same in the circles that you influence. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.